we said earlier, this is the first Sunday of Advent. And it is the Sunday of hope. So today we're going away and we may be away from the book of Acts uh, for a few weeks. But, but through this month, we want to share just some thematic messages as we look at Advent. And today we want to focus on hope. Today we want to, uh, we want to encourage us because there is hope in the midst of chaos. Uh, aren't you finding that we're living in a chaotic world? <laughs> but I want to encourage you, there is hope <laughs> in the midst of the chaos. If you'll turn to the 36th Psalm, the 36th Psalm, we're going to look in, those 12, in these 12 verses today. And we pray we won't be before you too long um, as we just glance into these verses and just share some encouraging words from the word of God. You know, as a result, while you're turning there, as a result of living in a sin-cursed world, we experience the chaos that comes with sin. We have a view, we have in view the chaos of crimes of all sorts. We see political unrest. We see terrorist attacks. We see catastrophes all throughout. There are assaults upon one another. We see abuse and immorality. We see uncleanness and viciousness. We see, um, we, we see so much going on and all of this should sound very familiar to Bible readers. As a matter of fact, this demonic activity it's characterized as the works of the flesh. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, faithful, uh, selfish ambitions, dissensions, uh, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And we, we see all of these things taking place all around us. And it does nothing but create chaos in this world that we're living in. You know what's truly sad, though? Is that we can, we can expect the works of the flesh to continue to worsen as this world continues to move toward the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you think that it's going to get better, I don't care who we put in the White House, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better for us. It's going to get much better for us when we leave this sin-cursed world and go into a glorified heaven and we can spend an eternity with our Lord and Savior. No, what appears to be painfully obvious is that we are indeed living in perilous times. And the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy stating that, but know this, that in the last days are, in the last days paralyzed, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And, and this is all around us. I do believe we've been in perilous times 
since Jesus ascended back to the Father. The end of days have been in place since Jesus went back and he left the church to be established. And the church is to be established for such a time as this so that we can encourage the world that there is a Savior that brings hope. You know, this all sounds too familiar when we think about all the things that are going on. But in the midst of this chaotic time, we do find hope. In order to experience this hope, we must take our focus off the chaos that's around us and instead place our focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is still in control, even in the midst of the chaos. As we look here in verse or in the 36th Psalm, the Bible tells us an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes. When he finds out his iniquity and when he hates, the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has, he has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O oh Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O oh God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For you, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see life. Or in your light, we see light. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. And let not the foot of the pride, the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the workers of iniquity have fallen. They have been cast down and are, and are not able to rise. This is God's holy word. God, as we do come before you, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we have through your word. We thank you for a hope that you've given us even while we live in this chaotic world. God, we know that you sit on your throne and we know that you are in control. So God, we pray that you would remind us each and every day. Help us, God, to turn to your word and we'll find all the reminders that we need that you love us, and that you are taking care of us. Now, God, as we come before you, we pray that you would move and minister in the hearts of each and every one, that you would hide me behind the cross, God, and you would speak to your people. And if there's one that don't know you through the forgiveness of sin, there's one that don't know you through the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. God, we pray that you would move upon them in a way to where they'd call out, what must I do to be saved? And we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I, I can't see your Bibles, so I'm not sure exactly what the heading of this psalm says to you. But, but one thing it does share 
is that David is a servant of the Lord. It seems as David here, as he is writing this psalm, that he before he begins just meditating upon life, he begins observing the wickedness of the day. He, it seems that as he's observing all that's going on around him, that God begins to speak to his troubled heart. It seems that God begins to give him a message for everyone who would later read this psalm. As David shares the message, it's intended to encourage us and, not, and to help us to not lose hope. It reminds us that that while it may appear that this world all around us is falling apart, that if we have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can know that we are not falling apart. It's a reminder of what Paul said to the Corinthian church in, in the 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, when he says that, but we have a treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. I want to remind us that as born-again believers, the life of Jesus must be seen as the world looks upon us in these dark days of this world we're living in. It's so chaotic that the world needs to see. They need hope. And they need, they need to know that there is joy, that there is peace. And it's only going to come when they see the church glorifying our Lord and Savior no matter what comes our way. You know, we don't live in defeat when we've already won the victory. I'm not waiting to win. I've already won. I don't know about you, but because I've received Jesus as my personal Savior, because I know my name has been recorded in the last book of life, I've already won. If the Lord leaves me in this world, then I'm going to work for him. If he takes me out of this world, then I'm going to worship him. Either way, we have won this battle. We have won the war. There's no way we can lose and we must not appear to this world to be defeated. Notice in this psalm that David shares that in this, in the midst of the chaos that's all around us, there's no hope found in the nature of the sinful world. If you look there in the first four verses, you find that David, that God pours into David. Here, David declares that this is an oracle within his heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. In other words, what David is saying, I, I've been, I, I've just been pondering on this. I've been meditating on this, but, but God has placed something in my heart. God has shared something with me that I must share with you. And what he's sharing with us that the truth is that this world we're living in is a sinful world. And, and as we look in these first four verses, we see the, the sinfulness in the fact that the world just do not fear God. Boy, I'm telling you, the Bible tells us that wisdom begins 
with the fear of the Lord. The Bible helps us know to, to say that there's no God. It, it, it's said from a fool. It lets us know that we, that, that fearing God, reverencing God is the only thing that makes sense for us in this world. The world is open to rebellion to God's holy word and they display a lack of reverence for the creator so much that there's no fear of God in their eyes. Their nature is also continued to be seen as they are, they, they wickedly flatter themselves. In other words, the wicked, they think so highly of themselves that they fail to see the truth of their condition. They fail to see that they have a real need. They fail to, to see that they have the same need that you and I had, that every, every body that's ever been born on the face of the earth needs, and that is, that is Jesus Christ. We've said on, on certain, we said um, before that, that there's one thing in this world. There's one that we need. We desire a lot of things. We long for, for so many things. But the only thing in this world that we need is Jesus Christ. You may say, no, I need my wife. You desire your wife. You love your wife. And you should feel as if you almost need your wife. But you need Jesus Christ. He's all that we need. You may feel that you need your children. But I want to assure you, you desire your children children you long to have them close to you your grandchildren you long for for them to have come before you children but what you need is Jesus Christ you know this may sound mean it may sound cold but when this world is over our relationships with each other won't matter our bank accounts won't matter our education it won't matter our job status it won't matter but what will matter is whether or not we've received Jesus Christ as our personal savior what will matter is have we humbled ourselves submitting to his will so that he is magnified and God is glorified that's what will matter If we fail to humble ourselves in this world, we will not be glorified in the next world. The nature of this world speaks wickedly. They speak deceitfully. The nature of this world, it rejects wisdom and it spends sleepless nights devour, devising evil plans. It turns further and further away from what is good. You know, recently in Bible study, we went through the book of Esther. If you remember the events that took place in that book, what we see is that, that these four verses, they describe the nature of a wicked Haman. Haman was far from God. He lived in open rebellion to God. He, he opposed God's will and he attempted cruel acts against the people of God. He went as far as to devise an evil plan to exterminate the entire Jewish population. And folks, we're living in a world that is full of people who are far from God. People who live in open rebellion to, to, to God. People 
People who, who oppose God's will for their lives. People who commit cruel acts against the people of God. People who are spending hours and hours and hours devising plans to, to shut us down, to shut us up, and to do away with those who love the Lord. But folks, we must realize that before we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were exactly where the wicked are today. If it was not for the grace and the mercy of God, we would still be contributing to the chaos of this world. Church family, the wicked of this world needs the same Savior that you and I received. And if they're ever going to find hope in the midst of chaos, it's only going to be through a Savior that they see shining through us. So we won't find any hope in the nature of this world. But thanks be to God, there's hope in the midst of the chaos of this world in the nature of our Savior. This text helps us to begin to see the nature of Jesus Christ. If you look there in verses 5 through 9, you, you can see the nature of our God. After David acknowledged the sinful nature of the world, he begins to proclaim the nature of God. The nature of God is that he loves us and he longs to give us eternal life. Through his love, he extends to us his boundless, boundless mercies and his faithfulness. Now, we can, you can bet, be sure, we stand in need of his mercy and his faithfulness daily. As a matter of fact, we needed to stand in his righteousness because our righteousness is nothing but filth and rags. His justice is true. There's nothing hidden from God. All our secrets are exposed before the Lord. And I, I want to just put this in for us. They're not exposed at judgment day. They're, he's going to expose them to us <laughs> at judgment day. But our secrets and our sins and our, our rebellion against him is exposed before him even right now. And even though our secrets are exposed before God, his love is beyond what we can comprehend. E even here... We see his love and as he is speaking to the heart of David to describe his love to us. David could not describe God's love with his own words. God had to place this within his heart. His loving kindness towards us is so precious. And it's precious because of the love that comes through this. His love, it preserves us. It shelters us. It satisfies us. This world is looking for things to satisfy them. They're hungry for satisfaction, but they're only going to find it in Jesus Christ. His love, it provides both life and light. Now, if we remember in the book of Esther... Everything was in chaos, for the, at least for the Jews. A decree had been signed by the king. It was put in place for the extermination of the Jews on the 12th month, the month of Adar, on the 13th day of that month. But a Jew by the name of Mordecai, Queen Esther's uncle, who raised her as his own, he... He found himself clothed in sackcloth and ashes, crying out bitterly. 
He found himself fasting and praying and and he challenged his niece to reveal Haman's plan to the king. We know the story. The queen couldn't go into the presence of the king unless he called for her. And 30 days had went by since the king had last called for Esther. She had no idea when he would call for her and if she stepped in his presence without him calling, then he then she could be executed. But, but Mordecai wanted her to know that you're not going to escape this. You are Jew also, but you hold the power because you have been born for such a time as this. God's love was so great for the Jewish nation that he knew through the portals of time that there'd be a man named Haman who would devise an evil plan and through God's love, he placed Esther, a Jew, in the in the kingdom and so he was able to place her as a queen and because of her, he would use her to display his love for his people. Folks, I want to share again that we're living in a chaotic world. But even in the midst of all the chaos, there is hope. Our hope lies in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's no accident that we were born in this country in the time in which we were born. It's no accident that we're living in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. It's no accident that we're living through political unrest and, and we're living through social unrest. It's, it's no accident that we're having to go through everything that we're facing today. We're here in the midst of this chaos to show the world that no matter how chaotic it gets, we can look to Jesus Christ. We can look to the author and the finisher of our faith. We can look to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We can look to the hope in the midst of all that's going on around us. It's only in Jesus. Hooks. Doesn't matter what it seems to be. Perception isn't what's always real. If you're looking from the outside in, you're going to see one thing. But when you step inside, you find a clearer view. And we're looking through a glass dimly right now. But I want to assure you that God is in control. And it doesn't matter what the world says or what the world does. I'm not concerned about the outcome of this election. I'm not concerned anymore about what's going on in the streets. I'm not concerned anymore about this pandemic other than I want you to be as safe as you can possibly be. But I, what I'm doing right now from here forth is I'm laying down my burdens and I'm trusting Jesus Christ with everything. He's my only hope. I don't know about you, but I've went too long the last few months, and it seemed like I had no hope. It seemed like things were just getting so hard. It seemed like we were never going to see the light of day, but I promise you, if we'll stand, then God will help us to stand, and we'll see the light shine forth. Folks, it gets heavy. It gets heavy. Every time you open a newspaper, all the, the, the deaths that are taking place. Every time you get a phone call, you're afraid that, that it's bad news. Every time you turn on the, the television, it's, they're, they're making more out of it than what it is. When you look on the internet, you can find no hope. Everything is, is going in a direction completely away from what God would have us to do. But I can trust you if we'll trust him. He'll pour his blessings upon us. 
Listen, when we look in these last verses, as we're coming to a close, unsaved, I want to, I just want to ask, do you want to experience hope in the midst of the chaos that's going on around us? I encourage you to look to Jesus, to cry out to him, and, and he will assure you that he is in control. He has his way of assuring us. You know, when we, when we feel like we just can't go on, when we feel like it's just not worth it, he has a way of letting us know that, oh yeah, just keep pressing on. And soon I'll give you wings to where you'll mount up like eagles. Soon he'll take the step before us and we can walk in his footsteps. And when he gets so heavy, we can rest in his arms and he'll carry us where we need to go. In these last verses, we see David is crying out to God to continue to pour out his love and righteousness upon those who truly love him. But he also asked for God to continue to protect and deliver him from the prideful and the wicked men of the land. And in response to David's cry, it appears that the Lord has spoke to his heart again. And he assures David that he is the ultimate judge of the world. So David expresses faith in the Lord by speaking as if the Lord has already passed judgment upon the wicked. Look there in verse 12. There the workers of iniquity have fallen. (laughs) They have cried. They have been cast down and are not able to rise. David is speaking in past tense there. Where he was previously speaking in present tense. That, that helps us to understand that we can count on the Lord. We can depend upon him. We can trust him. You know, if we recall in the story of Esther, it concludes that Haman's plan is revealed. While the Jews were, were crying out and they were weeping, you know, the message went out before them and they... It was declared all throughout Persia that every Jew would be destroyed. They felt as if they had no hope. They felt as if there was no way for them to survive this because the decree was that every Jew, man, woman, boy, and girl would be utterly destroyed. But once the king heard of what Haman had intended to do, he hung Haman on the very gallows he built for Mordecai. Even when Haman's sons were killed, they were hung upon those gallows also. You know, a decree was put in place that gave the Jews the right to fight back. They were given the right to stand up for themselves and defend themselves. And on the month of Adar, the 12th month of the year, the Jews experienced a hope that could only come from the mercy and the love of God. You won't find God in the book, but what you'll find is God working in the book. 
you'll find he's working in the king because the king would not have, have honored Esther, but, but because God was working in his heart and he had an affection for, for his wife, he, he honored her. And when they could have taken and killed her, he stopped them by calling out to her first. God was working his love and his mercy through the whole event. And he protected his people from the pride and from the wickedness of men. Today, like David, we can rest assured or we can rest in the assurance of God's word. We can rest in his will and his perfect time. We can rest in the fact that he will deal with the unrighteousness of this world and the ungodliness of this world. Romans 1 and 18 tells us, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of unrighteousness. In the world... In a world full with chaos, it may appear like those who oppose God are winning, but they will surely fall. For Psalm 1, 5 through 6 tells us, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And we can stand on his promises. Unsaved here at Reedy Branch, we have no desire for you to perish. We want you to know that you don't have to perish. There's hope in a God who sits high and looks low, who loves you beyond what you can understand. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son into this world to become the ultimate sacrifice for all sin. And if the Holy Spirit of God is working in you right now and you're willing to acknowledge that you are far from God, and in need of a savior, if you're willing to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it's with the heart one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you willing today? Are you willing today to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, you can experience a hope even in the midst of the chaos that's all around us. As every head bowed, every eyes closed. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you what you're what's holding you back. I don't know what I don't know what you feel like you have to give up. But if you will believe and trust in Jesus, you won't have to give anything up. He's a God who's loving, who's merciful, and he is faithful. What you'll find is your want-tos will change. The things you used to want to do, you won't want to do anymore. The places you used to want to go, you won't want to go anymore. You won't have to give it up. He'll change you. He'll make you a new creation. While you may be tempted and tried, while there may be even times that you succumb to the temptation, you will have an elder brother 
an advocate with the Father, a Lord and Savior who will stand there and declare that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. As the accuser comes before the Lord and shares your downfalls, you'll have someone say, but he's with me or she's with me. You'll have someone to to look at him and remind him of the grace and mercy that your blood has extended or his blood is extended to you. Would you today, would you today just lay down the chaos of this world? Set aside all that you're hearing and all that you're experiencing of this world and trust Jesus. Let him make you new. Let him give you what you're hungering And what you're starving for. He'll give you water. That's life giving. He'll give you bread. That sustains and satisfies. And you can feast. For all eternity. Would you. Would you today. Would you today find this hope. That he extends. In the midst of the chaos around us. As they begin to sing the song of invitation. Would you make a decision today. And say that I will follow Jesus. Would you come.